Welcome back to the Alternative Travelers podcast. In this episode, we will talk about how COVID-19 is affecting us, where we are. We'll talk about our daily habits, what life looks for us right now, where we think we will be heading, and more. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Alternative Travelers Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Varen. In each episode, we'll share stories, tips, and advice to help you live a life of unconventional travel. For more, head to alternativetravelers.com. And now, let's get to the episode. We thought we'd just do a quick episode, kind of what's going on with us given the current circumstances. Um, we get a lot of questions like what's what's happening, what's life like where we are, where are we? So um, thought it would be good to kind of check in with you guys. And also, since the podcast is new, we kind of just want to try different things out and see what you guys are interested in. So definitely... Let us know if these updates are interesting, or if they're really boring, then we won't do them again. Where are we, Varen? Right now, we are currently in Salt Lake City, Utah. If anyone follows us from our blog or has listened to any previous episodes, they'll learn that we're from New York City. So we are currently not in New York City. Yeah, which, it, as I'm sure you probably know, New York is kind of the epicenter in the U.S., possibly the world at this point. Yeah, potentially. They have the highest infections, positive COVID cases as of now. Yeah, Varen's tracking the numbers. Yeah. I'm not. But, um, yeah, so we're in Salt Lake City. We've been here since January. We were house-sitting here for three months, and we were all set to leave when basically everything kind of happened yeah, I mean, I was actually not in the habit of listening to the news for a little while for many reasons that I won't go into this episode, but I had recently in February and March been listening to some episodes from, you know, my, the news sources that I really like, and, you know, this was something I was hearing as like a little blip somewhere else, and I would hear that things or cases are growing, that it's spreading around to this or that, but it didn't really, really hit me or us until it started to, until it has uh, something that directly affected us. Which I think is the case for, it. I've noticed it's the case for everyone. I mean, we are really, I think because we have friends and family in New York and then also Madrid first, like we've been seeing how bad this can get for a while and it's slowly spreading throughout the U.S. and I don't think people really make it. You know, it doesn't, until it affects them, like you said, they're not doing anything about it. But yeah, so we we were all set to go to um, San Francisco. Well, the Bay Area. Yeah, the Bay Area. We were all set to go there for a three-month house sit. We were super excited. It was going to be great. And the week before 
we were set to go, um, the people we were house sitting for, their plans got canceled on them. So they were bummed too, but you know, what no one could, it was what it was. So we had to kind of like super quickly shift gears and figure out what we were doing. And it was like, I would say probably a week of uncertainty, wouldn't you say, maybe? Yeah, very, very anxious week of not being sure exactly what we should do because while we had friends and family back in New York, and that's where we're technically insured health-wise, health insurance-wise, we're insured in New York, we were looking at the information available and it did not seem that the smartest nor safest thing to do would be to get on a plane, even for a domestic flight. Yeah, basically everyone we know in New York was like, stay away. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and we didn't want to get on a flight either. And um, we it turned out, it ended up that we had a place to stay here. So the guy we were housing for came back, but he has an entire Airbnb apartment in the basement of the house. A one-bedroom apartment that, he, you know, is normally for Airbnb. Yeah, but obviously no one's traveling. So he um, gave us a good deal on that. So we are here until March, May, May 1st at least. But as everyone knows, this is, you know, the uncertainty is a big part of why everyone's so anxious, us included, because it's hard to plan when you don't know how things are going to progress. So we're just kind of taking it day by day, week by week kind of thing. I mean, not just looking at numbers, but generally what experts and authorities are saying is that this is not something that's going to blow over in a month. So you need to kind of have a few game plans in mind, considering what can possibly change. But it's going to probably, I don't think anyone's going to be traveling or booking Airbnbs anytime soon in this area for a while. Yeah, I think initially when this happened, a lot of people, I mean, us included, were like thinking this was going to be for a couple weeks maybe, but... I think we all kind of realize that that's not the case. So um, just got to be okay with that. And no, I see a lot of people in, well, some people, not a lot, maybe in the travel community trying to look to when they're going to be able to travel again. And I just don't see any point in that because we just don't know. I just... There's so many variables. The U.S. is so huge. So even if one place was able to lessen restrictions... Uh, that doesn't mean another place is going to have that same thing going on, nor is there necessarily any good screening processes in place for screening passengers on domestic flights. Like, there's so many variables. And I can definitely say for sure, based on everything I've been reading and following, that nothing, there's been no norm established anywhere other than, like, varying degrees of shelter in place. Yeah, so what what is the situation here, Farron? to limit your movement as much as possible. So it's like, it's strongly recommended statewide, but it is by no means mandatory statewide. However, recently in like the last week or so, this all started like March 16th. So then that means restaurants closed, anything dine-in closed, anything with gatherings of more than 10 people, anything that allows for that closed, closed, closed. So in a lot of ways, this is similar as, as most of the country. However, it was only recently mandated by the city within city jurisdiction and then the county, Salt Lake County and Salt Lake City, have instituted a, uh, you know, a mandated shelter in place and limit non-essential travel. You know, you can go to the grocery store, you can go outside, but um, any gatherings larger than 10, maybe even less than that, they're like, you know, only should be around household members, 
social distance, police can charge you with a misdemeanor if you're breaking the more obvious things. So I don't think, I don't really see cops patrolling neighborhoods to make sure people aren't like walking in groups, but I imagine they probably are paying more attention if they see a bigger group of people to maybe warn them to disperse or something like that. But I have yet to have encounter any of that or even hear any stories of that actually happening. But I think with that kind of weight of the consequence of law behind it, I definitely think that can definitely affect how people choose to uh, the degree of social distancing and sheltering in place that they're going to do. Yeah, and I think it's like important to note that Salt Lake City, and I think we've mentioned this maybe in other podcasts, but it's just like a much more progressive city government than like the rest of the state, like the state itself is more conservative it's a red state for sure yeah so um that's why the governor hasn't made the policy mandatory also there's a so many of the counties are rural so to to enforce something very strict in places where people don't see any sign of anything and it's business as usual he's going to come up against stuff like that so i'm not defending him per se but i can see where the choice comes from for a lot of the rural communities in the U.S. and rural counties, they don't even have confirmed cases sometimes. So when they hear something like this mandatory lockdown, it can affect the efficiency of it. And there's a lot of controversy behind this stuff. But I can get that what you have going down in cities right now doesn't seem to be something. It's not going to hit home with people who live outside of cities, even though it's important and related and it's going to eventually reach everybody at some point. Yeah, but I think Salt Lake has done a super good job with with what they're dealing with i mean i thought it was really impressive that they shut down dine-in for restaurants and bars like the day after new york did it and obviously new york was having way more cases and way more everything and this or that so i thought that was pretty great that they did that so soon here and i'm sure that helped um stop stop the spread and all that and people seem like pretty mindful like when we're lucky that we can still like there's no like you have to stay inside your house kind of thing so it's not like a true shelter in place it's just like you know social distance and restrict your time outside or whatever but like you can totally still go for walks and like we walk from where we're staying to like the downtown every saturday which is like eight miles round trip so it's like not a short walk about an hour one way and you know everyone crosses the street if we are gonna run into someone on the street like on the sidewalk they might cross the street or go into the street go around like everyone is super pretty mindful a couple weeks ago we did see people having like backyard gatherings but that's definitely like diminished over the weeks and as it's become like more serious so i think people are doing i mean for what we see anyway People are being pretty aware for the most part. Yeah, I'd agree. It's, I think we're in a fortunate situation here in Salt Lake City in that it's just very spacious. I go out virtually every day um, for walks or to exercise, and it's pretty easy to stay 10 to 15 feet away from people. You know, better safe than sorry. So if I see people up ahead, I just cross over. If that's not possible, I just walk on the street on the other sides of the parked cars, for example. But it's really easy for me to go outside and not come into contact with anyone, like at all, other than seeing them, you know, 40, 50 feet ahead or something. So see, people do seem to be pretty mindful of it. And we're fortunate enough that we can still spend quite a bit of time outside and go in for walks and such. 
Yeah, and we're we're staying like right next to a little grocery store that it's like kind of like a co-op, but it's like a chain in the West. It's called Natural Grocers, and it's pretty small and they're super on it and everyone that shops there is like you know a little more on the hippie level so they're like more aware the customer base that's attracted to natural grocers is just less crazy (laughs) i generally for groceries avoid going to the big box supermarkets because they're just insane with the exception of whole foods it's pretty calm over there too and I just go at certain times of the day, but almost all day at any time, Natural Grocers is so calm and it's so easy to go there and not come within six to eight feet of people. And they've been very, the company's been very, you know, uh, preemptive about certain measures. So now there's sneeze guards. And as much as that sounds silly that people need sneeze guards so they don't get sneezed on, I think it's more a visual reminder and a barrier to kind of make people, you know, take a few steps back. And if not, at least you have a barrier because let's face it, some people just are going to sneeze or cough or when they talk, spittle, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing. I think it's a, a visual. Sometimes people need that like strong visual reminder of the circumstances we're in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to go on to like, how is this affecting us beyond our daily life? I think it's kind of affecting everyone but I mean like for our for our daily life like it's really not that different I mean we already work from home you know um Mm -hmm. we already like the main big thing is that we're not going to the gym in the mornings but you know we still exercise at home or Varen goes out or like whatever the main thing is that we're in a smaller space than we're used to because normally we're house sitting so we get used to nice big spaces But for the most part, I mean, people are like, oh, how are you dealing with the, like, working from home? And I'm like, well, we kind of, like, already have been doing that. However, unfortunately, the pandemic has negatively affected the travel industry, as I'd imagine is pretty obvious to most people. But they might not realize that how connected we are to the travel industry, because we have a travel blog at its heart. So our traffic has tanked. I talk with like readers or like even friends and family. I just, I don't think people make the connection that alternative travelers, like our website and now this podcast is like our job. Like we earning money from the blog. Um, I still do some freelance writing, but for the most part, that is like where the bulk of our income and comes from that pays our living expenses. It's not like a piddly, like $10 a month, you know, it's like significant. We were doing so well. We were like, we've been, I mean, we've been working on this for like. We've been working on this website since 2016. Yeah. So we, yeah, we've been working on it and like things were really like picking up in the past year and especially six months, I would say. Um, And then this happened and pretty much overnight, like our income dropped to zero. And so Varen mentioned like traffic, that is kind of like the amount of people that come to your website. There's a lot of things you can measure, whatever. But for the most part, it's just how many visitors you get to your website, as you can imagine, has a direct correlation on the money that you can make. So there's a variety of different ways we make money blogging. Not going to go into that now because it's not like the topic of this episode, but it all hinges on people like actually going to be traveling, which Mm. obviously no one is. There's obviously so many people that have been negatively affected or entirely lost their jobs from this. And 
that's really hard. And sometimes I feel like, oh, what should I be complaining about? Like, you know, our passion project work has gone to zero. But like, then when I think about it, I'm like, well, we did kind of just lose our job. And like, there's nothing wrong with being upset about that, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it sucks, but we're trying to make the most of it. And like, obviously people are going to travel again. So we want to just keep up our motivation, which is like part of the reason we started this podcast to just like put our energies and focus into something new and different and exciting. And like, you know, um, it's like no matter what we're doing on our website, we're not making money anyway. So we might as well do something different, right? Yeah. I mean, this particular set of circumstances occurring in no way confirms or doesn't confirm that what we should be doing. It's something that's going to pass. It's going to take a lot longer than a lot of people think for it to pass. And either way, it's going to be here for a while and it's going to be part of the new normal. But that doesn't mean people are going to absolutely stop traveling forever. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be working on our website anymore. I mean, I argue the point that we started it when it wasn't making any money. So well, how's that any different now? Should we, we can see how well it can do. So we just want to be better prepared when things come around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, like, we still enjoy doing it. And, like, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't. That's the whole reason we started this in the first place is to have more control over, you know, our lives and our lifestyle to, you know, work for ourselves and to truly have control over that. Obviously, this isn't something that anyone foresaw. And like, you know, I sometimes um, talk to like friends, maybe or family, and they might think that what we're doing is risky and it kind of like is. And I see that why people think that. But on the other hand, if you're working a full-time job, you could be fired and you're, you know, or let go or like whatever, and your income will go to zero also. You know what I mean? Like, whereas we have a lot of different ways that we're making money and this is just like <laughs> a obviously unforeseen, completely out of the blue thing that's infecting everyone in the travel industry, regardless of if, I mean, look at the airlines, you know what I mean? So like, it's not just us, obviously. There's no guarantees in life, and going the usual conventional route doesn't guarantee you anything more than anything else. There's just likelihoods, probabilities, but that's not a guarantee. So there's certain jobs you could definitely do now that aren't, you know, work in, in a service sector or a grocery store, but there's no way to pandemic-proof your life. This is just, if anyone out there thinks that this was something that was unforeseen that's not true it's unprecedented but there's been plenty of people warning us for a while and hopefully it'll we'll be better prepared coming out of this and i say we as in people doing what we can as citizens but also you know the powers that be the federal government state governments local etc having a better response and hopefully we'll be better prepared next time around because this is not the last of it even as we get through this there's always potential for more um, so this idea that we can just kind of, uh, pat ourselves or protect ourselves from every possible event, you know, it just doesn't, life doesn't work like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's basically like what we're doing. I definitely want to share what we're going through and what we like, kind of like a mini journal, like, you know, like a podcast journal or something, just like 
you know, I know, um, it's interesting to see what is going on with other people, but also like a sense of solidarity, you know, like everyone, I feel no matter, no matter what industry you're in, you're having some kind of difficulty, um, for the most part, you know, that's a very good point because I have friends who work in the service industry that's doing really well money wise, but they're at higher risk. Same thing. I have friends and family in the medical industry, in the, you know what I mean? Emergency services industry. So I don't think there's anyone who's really, really like completely safe from this. This is the one thing about it that's unique to this situation is that we're all being affected in one way or another. We have friends and family who've been convert, confirmed positive and are in the midst of recovery. So, I mean, we're, it's going to directly affect us all. If you don't know someone yet, you will know someone who has eventually through another person, through a certain level of degrees of separation or yourself or someone, you know, so. Yeah. And if you don't know anyone that has had it yet, just do everything you can to keep (laughs) the people that you love and care about inside their houses. If they can do so, you know, it's been very anxiety inducing, um, to have people that we're close to that are higher risk have it. And so, um, you know, I don't wish that on anyone because it's very stressful. So just do everything you can to like spread the word to just literally just hunker down, you know, (laughs) take this seriously. This is a serious thing. Yeah. I think like we mentioned earlier, people that I have talked to or that like maybe friends or family of theirs isn't taking it seriously they're not in the hot spots and like, you know, um, being in close contact with people in New York, it is no fucking joke over there. It is like really bad. So, I mean, on the one hand, like I'm glad we're here in Salt Lake and have that distance. And on the other hand, it can be hard to be away and be like, I couldn't go over if someone needed me or something like that. You know, so anyway, those are all just kind of, that's just kind of like what the digital nomad lifestyle entails in general. And I definitely know a lot of other digital nomads that are like stranded outside of their home countries or home city or like whatever. Um, So even though we're in our home country, it's still like Utah is not close to New York at all. (laughs) You know, like if we wanted to like go there, we'd either have to take a plane or drive for like five days, you know? (laughs) So that's just, that feeling of distance can feel really long, especially at a time, you know, like this, when you want to be close to the people that you care about. So, um, yeah, thinking of any of everyone else that is far from their family right now. Um, yeah. And I know we will all feel so much better when we can, you know see our families again i'm sure because even if you are close by you're probably not hanging out and shouldn't be (laughs) unless you live together yeah so i think that kind of wraps it up unless there's something else you wanted to add no i mean yeah no that pretty much sums it up yeah um let us know if this kind of like update episode is something you're interested in um and we'll be back with the next episode Thank you for listening to the Alternative Travelers podcast. For more episodes and show notes, go to alternativetravelers.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast and is greatly appreciated. 